that inspire feeling. That inspire feeling. That inspire feeling. That inspire feeling. Inspire feeling. Inspire feeling. Welcome to That Inspire Feeling, a podcast series where we share our personal experiences to help you to make positive changes in your life. I'm Diane from the Inspire Women community. In this reflection episode, you'll hear all about our community research project called Lift Women's Economic Empowerment. This unique, one-of-a-kind project has been funded by Oxfam and it's actually enabled us to make this podcast for you. Later, you'll hear from four of our community researchers, Leslie, Selena, Marianne and Marion, who talk about the project with our podcast producer, Vic, what they got up to and most importantly, what they'll take away. Before we get started, I wanted to give a little insight into Inspire Women and the background of this project. I've known Inspire from the beginning of the journey and have seen each chapter emerge from our very first International Women's Day in 2012 to opening the centre in 2016 and reimagining a new online organisation in 2020. Inspire creates spaces where women can rediscover their voice and often themselves. We enable opportunities for connection in spaces based on kindness, compassion and equality. We see the wholeness and potential in women, not what is broken. In order to change the world, or at least our part of it, we work with women to focus on what is present and not what is absent. In 2018, Oxfam began this research project and set out on a journey to find a greater Manchester community of women to work with on co-production, voice and having their say. This is where Inspire came in. We were introduced as the right organisation to find this group of women with lived experience. So following the usual partnership and funding process, we went live with Lyft in spring 19. We then recruited a team of seven community researchers. And it was our creative and collaborative approach to recruitment that ensured we got the right group of women for the job. Let's hear from some of these researchers now. This is Selena, Marion, Marianne and Leslie with our podcast producer, Vic. I'm Vic and I'm the producer and trainer of that Inspire Feeling podcast and I'm from Mike Media. I'm really excited today to be joined on Zoom online with the community researchers from the Lift Project from Inspire. I'm Leslie. And I'm a community researcher on the Lift Project. I'm Selena. I'm Marion, and I'm a community researcher on the Lift Project. Hi, I'm Marianne. So let's start from the very, very beginning. Let's talk about recruitment. We had a recruitment progress for community researchers at the very beginning. They mm. were asking Oxfam was starting this new project, and did anybody want to be community researchers? And we had to apply. How did you apply? What was the process of that then? Oh, it was a fun day, weren't it? Uh, if I remember rightly, there was lots of paper, lots of drawing and lots of Inspire fun stuff. And why you wanted to do it, I think. It was rather than a normal interview where you get in and, to me, interviews feel like interrogation. My anxiety at that time, had it been a normal interview, you wouldn't have got me there. But because it was done in the way that it was, I didn't even realise it was an interview. <laughs> it was more what you see that you can do in a fun way, as Marion said, with pens and papers and stuff. I find it's a better way of doing interviews. It wasn't a traditional interview. It wasn't, why do you think you're good for this job? It, it was asking those questions, but in a different way. So you learn how 
what you could actually do, what you could bring, hmm. and you found your skills and your strengths and you brought all those down. It was a great day, really, because you encouraged the other ladies as well. So we all were pointing out, oh, well, you can do that. And you're really good at this. So that was really nice. And it was describing everything that was you knew that was in your community that we could tap into for this project. So, yeah, it was good. There were quite a few of us that um, joined in the, the day of recruitment. What year was this? May 2019. So you were in person? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were allowed to talk, you know, hug and everything. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any preconceptions or did you have any expectations of what the project would be if you got onto it at that point? Not a clue. Not a, Not clue. a clue. So why did you put yourself forward for it then? Because it sounded exciting, something new, something different. And you could help people get out of poverty and it sounded really worthwhile doing. I think because the ethos of Inspire is to help other women so given the opportunity to make a difference in somebody else's life, especially with other women, made it, like Marion said, worthwhile doing it, made it important that you could give something back. And it was a one-of-a-kind project, wasn't it? No one's done it before. Oldham was the pilot area. Yeah. So hopefully now we've done this, it'll take off national. <laughs> That's the dream, right? That's the dream. How did you feel when you would when you'd been told you that you'd made it? Worried that I wasn't actually up to it, and that I'd put my name down and thought there's going to be a lot of people doing that. I'll I'll give it a go and see. I probably won't get through. And then when they said, "Yeah, you're through," it was like, "Oh my god, can I actually do this?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got to talk to other people. This is scary. <laughs> Plus, it's something that we've never done before. So I thought I've never done anything like this. I'm not really sure what I'm going, what I'm meant to be doing, but I'm going to be part of it anyway. I'll give it a go. I can always just go for this long, and each time I've sort of kept going <laughs> to here. Why would you? Why did you say so? I thought because it, as we started to do training and things, we started to see what what we could do that we was already doing, and it wasn't so scary because it's stuff that we've done as part of Inspire. We just didn't know because it had jargon or a fancy title. Or I don't always get things straight away. Mm. It sometimes has to sink in. And when it sank in, it was like, no, this is what we're doing anyway. You can do this. Tell me about the first time you came together as, as community researchers. What was that first meeting like? We came together for training at first, and it was like a gang. We sort of like cheered each other on and said, oh, we can do this, we're, we're going to be fab. And once the ideas started flowing, it was just easy because, like Selena said, we've done this kind of thing before, so we knew what we were doing. And between us all, we had some really great ideas. So it was lovely to be able to feel that you could just give your idea out and it would be acknowledged. And also because we did have quite, a, we had quite a diverse team, it was nice to see certain aspects of what we were going to do from other other perspectives what were the biggest things that you learned during this time well, we learned all about how to be a community researcher all the different types of research sarah hall from the university did the most of the sessions didn't she and she made them fun and it was it was good 
It's great having this opportunity to reflect on the lift journey. In 2019, we had a team of seven researchers who were learning together, developing ways to collect women's views. We had Tendai, Queen, Shamim and Rachel working alongside Selena, Marion and Leslie. They were running creative research workshops and focus groups in the Inspire Centre and in community venues. This first phase of the work was data gathering and it concluded with a celebration and networking event in December 19. They worked with more than 40 women who had come together in a series of events to share views on challenges women face and start thinking about solutions and ideas. The idea in December 2019 was that we would come back together in early 2020 with Oxfam to plan the next phase, the next steps and the pilots. The women had decided what they wanted to focus on. We were on a roll with Oxfam. And then March 2020, national lockdown and the start of what we some have labelled the COVID years. In the beginning, in of 2020, we thought we would be back on with lift work in a few weeks. Little did we know. We had to reimagine the work of Inspire. We took the organisation online. We learned how to use Zoom. And throughout 2020 and the beginning of 21, we worked a lot in the background with Oxfam colleagues to revision, redesign and create a different offer for the women of Oldham. The research team went on a new learning journey to help them decide what and how to introduce a pilot piece of work, to hone in on achievable things in the strangest of times. Inspire's work changed. We were now fully online, connecting with women two or three times a week and seeing our Stronger Together group develop. Let's rewind a little bit and tell me about these vision sessions. What were the vision sessions? They were one-to-one sessions with Sally, where we all talked about our vision for the project and the future and what we would like to do and what we would like to come out of it. They were really eye-opening. They give you the um, impression that, gosh, I could do all these things. What sort of things came out of those sessions then? It's like our ideas of what was going to happen. So for me, I talked a lot about a one-shot stop. Wrong way around. (laughs) (laughs) A one-shot stop. Yeah. It, It was like a hub for everything (laughs) so um you wouldn't have to keep going to different people and different services and telling your story over and over again you would have the help that was needed in one place so if you needed healthy minds somebody from healthy minds would be there and you'd go straight to that rather than have to be on waiting lists and endless phone calls and just repeating your story over and over again because that's so disheartening and so demoralising because it feels as though nobody believes you because you're having to relive everything again. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it becomes like somebody else's story. You become detached from it. So it's really hard to, to get any benefit then from the services that are offered to you because you've gone down that path so many times so for me it was a case of having lots of services that could signpost you in the right direction so that women felt as though they were safe to come to be able to come there they were safe to open up about things people from all different backgrounds and all different ethnicities find talking about mental health issues so difficult if you had somewhere that was safe 
somewhere that they knew that they could be. That was my dream. And do you think you're any close? We're any closer to oh, that? Sorry. I think we're making small steps. I think there's so much more that needs to be done, though. And so many more opportunities need to be given to the women to enable them to feel as though they have a right to get the right service. Because so often you believe what the doctor tells you. If you're feeling really poorly and you're feeling really depressed or really anxious, you believe what that doctor tells you. So if that doctor says the best thing for you is to have medication, you come out of that surgery going, okay, okay. There's not many women that can say, actually, maybe this is a different route I could go down. Mm. Because by the time you speak to the doctor half the time, you're at rock bottom. You truly believe that these people know far more than you do. And what hopefully we've been able to give the ladies is the confidence to know that they're just as important, that their lived experience is something that is to be valued. And they're not on their own. That was one of my is for women to know that they're not on their own in dealing with what everybody's got some form of uh, mental health illness. I don't know. I don't want to say it in a negative way. No. Um, but for me, mine was being at home all the time and then just doing the school run. And by the time that I'd got to the doctor, I was in a very bad place. And I just felt like it was only me that was in that situation. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, she sat and listened. I don't, I'm not an emotional person, but she kept giving me tissues. Yeah. Uh, she sat and listened to me. And then I did get counselling. I did get healthy minds. And But my confidence, I, I felt like I was going to be judged if I went to anywhere. Didn't feel like a good mom, real rock bottom. And then going to them led me to inspire, which is what, what I'll always be grateful for, was because we're, we're not. Well, I am a weird. I am weird, just not in the way that I thought I was. <laughs> I'm not a bad mum. I was just ill, yeah. and I needed help. Um, and these ladies have brought me back so much, and then some. Because even when I got the help and I was there, I didn't believe in myself. And it's been a long journey, part of through doing lift as well, that my confidence has has risen. And if I can just tell that one woman that maybe feeling alone that you're not and there is help out there you just have to find it unfortunately it's not ready given at the moment but hopefully by getting women around the table when decisions are made then there are going to be other opportunities in the future that they don't feel alone for as long as what everybody else has so inspire needs to be prescribed not medication so. inspire <laughs> i agree <laughs> What sort of things during the, like the whole project, the whole learning from the whole project, the whole three years, what sort of things are you going to take away and use? Like other other things that you're using now? Definitely things like the podcast training and the reporting and stuff like that. Got our podcast coming out. It's great. That's invaluable because that's something that will be used going forward. I think some of the other learning was about organising things and being able to ask the right questions. Yeah, and if we want to do researches in the future, I think we've got all the skills now, haven't we? I think for me, well, I've said it a million times, I love the podcasting and to carry it on would be amazing. And it's it's not only carrying on with what we've learned, we're also teaching others that 
they matter as well because that's very much what's at the centre of Inspire is that your voice matters and for the ladies to be able to speak up and and do it with us Mm -hmm. we're going to be teaching them as well I just think all around that is it's amazing think about teaching my son (laughs) this is amazing isn't it that's so cool just on that podcast training though all four of you had a go at editing a, a bit of the podcast thinking about that learning journey at the start in 2019 do you think you'd be sat here today saying that you edited a podcast no, that wouldn't have been on our minds at all, would it? We wouldn't have even thought about that. <laughs> I don't think I'd have had the confidence to do it then. Even this time, I did sort of fluke it a little bit in the way that I, I told myself I could do it, but my nerves and my confidence wasn't at a level where I'd have even thought that it was possible. I think it's incredible that all four of you had a speaking part in the podcast and two of you took the helm and presented a, an episode each. That's just brilliant. That takes a lot of confidence and guts and believing in yourself. So well done on that. That's absolutely brilliant. What has it been like working with Inspire and training us um, to become podcasters? Well, Marianne, it's been a great experience working with Inspire on that Inspire Feeling podcast. The podcast was truly a product of your ideas, the team's ideas. So I worked with you guys from October 2021 And then I led you to the point where on International Women's Day on the 8th of March, you launched your first four-part podcast series. So back at the start of the project, like I reckon about 90% of you did not know what a podcast was or how to find one. I can see some shaking heads. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So I designed the course dependent on levels of how you wanted to get involved. So I knew that some people just wanted to get involved on the speaking side and contributing. And I know some people wanted to get involved in the editing, like most of you did. So I, I offered that opportunity. So I think if I'd have, I said to everyone, you're going to edit, I think I would have put quite some people off who weren't au fait with doing that sort of stuff. What I think is remarkable is that it was all recorded on Zoom. I've never, ever met any of you in person still. The feedback that I've had from the project has filled me with absolute joy. Like it cemented why I started Mike in the first place to amplify underrepresented voices. And especially for people who would never, ever, ever thought they could podcast. And Inspire made it really simple for me to do it. From the communication channels they had in place to the superb organisation of certain members of staff. Marianne. And we were able to organise 20 people, 50 million bits of audio into a podcast that's published across the world on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. And it's already had nearly 100 listens in its first week. So a big, massive well done. Wow. Thank you so much, Rick. It's been a pleasure getting to know (laughs) you. No, it has. It's been a real pleasure getting to know you. You're lovely. Oh, thank you so much, Leslie. In terms of like the highlights of the events that happened over the last three years, what's been some of those standout moments for you? I think the main one was the influencer event where the panel were there and listening to the women asking the questions. I think that's what made the project all together. Do you? 100%, yeah, 100%. Tell me about what is the influencer event? So the start of the project, when we asked them about economic empowerment, they came up with all these different themes like benefits, um, lack of money, all these things that were stopping him moving forward. Who? So I, I, stopping who moving forward? Sorry, the ladies of Oldham, all the ones oh, that okay. re- I get re- researched. So by the second half of the project, the thing that was coming out most was mental health. So that's what we're focused on. 
So the influencer event was getting all the people who create the services, who commission them, um, who work in them, coming together on a panel so the women could put questions to them. Did that have an impact? It gave the women great confidence. For years, most of them, and I myself included, have been through the system of mental health and have never really been heard or valued. And then to have your question listened to, replied to and understood, that's a really powerful thing that's very empowering. The ladies that we started with were saying they had zero confidence. And then to sit in front of a panel of people who you believe to be very, very important and ask a question and have that voice heard, that's amazing. The ladies were seriously so excited and so on a high for days and days afterwards, and that's all they talked about. Yeah, because they were so easy to talk to, weren't they? And they, they talked back naturally, not talking down to the women yet. And it gave them, the women, the, the feeling that they could change things. They could improve the services. They can do it. Woohoo! <laughs> that was what we was working towards anyway, is that women did feel that they had, that they have a voice and that they have the confidence to do it to then get them in a room with influencers, even though some of them were petrified of doing it, they still did it and they still voiced. And to have the influencers also have a conversation with them was just amazing. It also, the way that the um, influence was talking back to them and not just sort of dismissing or anything, it gives you a, a buzz anyway because you feel that they're, they're actually listening and not just they're going to go away and we'll never hear of him again kind of thing for me that day there was some pledges that that was going to make change or that we could get involved with it, it wasn't just a confidence booster for the women there was also stuff that was going to come from that yeah, yeah. Because we'd had lots of events before where we'd had influencers at the events and we had a wall of pledges from those influencers and none of them came true None of them fulfilled on what they said they would do or what they would, you know, oh, we're going to be involved, oh, we're going to help, we're going to do this. It never came true. But the day that we did the influencer event, we got emails from some of the panel who was giving, you know, ways of being able to get involved with things. So that was direct action, which was really good. So the hope is that these women with lived experience can have a seat at the table when these decisions are decided what the services are going to be good end to a good project by the spring of 21 the team were ready mental health was the focus engaging with women in different ways was the plan outreach research conversations happening alongside an online survey during 2020 and 21 some of the team moved on to new things and new adventures and a member of the Inspire team who'd been working side by side with the community researchers was now in a position to be able to get more involved. Welcome aboard, Mary-Anne. Hi, Mary-Anne. Thank you so much for chatting today about the LIFT project and your involvement. So you were involved a lot in the engagement and outreach work with the women at St Barnabas and Oasis. Tell us a bit about that, what you did and how the women started to open up to you. 
what I did initially was to connect with some of the leaders and um, in the community. So I went into the community. I'd heard there was going to be a women's group starting in, in Oasis. So I went into Oasis and um, spoke to the lady in charge and they were doing talk English classes. So I spoke to her and she said, that's fine. Absolutely. Come and chat with the women. So I went in started to build a trust with the ladies and talking to them. And the same thing happened at St. Barnabas. There had been um, holiday sessions during the holidays. So I started to talk to the women because my daughter was helping out with the holiday club. So I started to talk to women that brought their kids in and started to fill them up and see how they would feel about attending you know, sessions after the holidays and coming to you know, meet up in St. Barnabas. Um, and they they were absolutely up for it. They said, oh, yes, please do. Um, they're giving me suggestions and things that they would like to do and things. So they were really interested. So after that, I uh, spoke to the vicar about space and told him what we would like to do. And the vicar was like, yes, go for it. That would be amazing. You know, um, people needed to start coming out again after COVID. So... Yeah, that was that was how that happened. I initially built trust with the women that were coming and met them in the spaces where they were already doing things. It's absolutely fabulous. And I think a really good example of building um, models around what women want and where women are and how they feel comfortable um, to to engage, to start to have a voice, to start feeling different about their lives, especially, like you say, after COVID and and getting back out into into spaces, really. So how did that make you feel? I was excited. I was scared. I think I was scared and nervous because it was such a big um, responsibility. I was very excited. I was. I think the excitement overshadowed my scariness. That's the word. <laughs> it is now. It is now. <laughs> I'd been at home as well, working from home. So coming out and meeting people and talking to real human beings that had legs and arms was an exciting um, opportunity for me. So also something that. Um, been interested in doing for a very long time pre-COVID is having inspire out in the community and meeting women and having women come together that didn't know each other from before and just you know creating that space for them no matter where we're at. So that that was that was an exciting thing for me. Fabulous. It sounds it sounds great. And I remember that in November we launched the um the wellbeing hubs and we had a group online for for with Inspire on the Zoom and we had a group in St. Barnabas. So that was maybe a first experience of roving reporting and roving zooming. So um it it was a (laughs) yeah, it was a a creative way of of blending an opportunity for women. It was. It was absolutely creative and it was it was good. I think it was it was a really good experience and it was a good um, learning moment for us as well. You know, we, we learned so much about doing that. And that also helped, I think, by the time it came to February when we were going to do the um, events at Sun. So I that made me realise that it can be done where we can have some people online and we can have some people in a room. We can merge the two. We can make it happen. I think that was what that taught me. And the ladies in the room actually enjoyed being 
you know, brought into Zoom and talking about the things we've been doing in outreach, such as the well-being tree, you know, all the um, things we've been talking about that they they really enjoyed coming online and talking to the other ladies online about it as well. That was really good. And when you say like things about like the well-being tree, these are all the little pieces along the way that we forget we've done in terms of women being able to be creative and to say the words that are important to them. So when it came to kind of post Christmas and January when we were doing the meal with with Oxfam yeah. and the monitoring evaluation the analysis and all the learning stuff it yeah. um, all them little bits fill the story don't they and fill the the reality of these are real women and real voices from communities so absolutely good good stuff good stuff so in December the outreach kind of wound up for the for the lift project and we had another kind of COVID scare so we we kind of withdrew slightly but but what happened and, and what did those women at St Barnabas want to do? Maybe four weeks into outreach when um, the women started to talk to Paul, the Vika here at St Barnabas. Oh, we love this. We love coming, you know, and he was getting all this feedback and that made him start to think that, Marianne, this has to increase. These women want to, you know, more time. They want more days. They want to extend it. By the time we got to December, Due to the new COVID restrictions and new variants, and we had to wind down and shut down um, outreach, it broke my heart. So I spoke to Paul. I said, well, this is it. We're ending. And that's it. So he said, well, I'm going to put in for a funding bid and we're going to have to continue. We have to do something. These women have to, um, they want to. You can't just, you know, turn them away and say, don't come back. I said, okay, so how are we going to do this? So he did. He did put in for um, a funding bid to um, three actions together. It was a COVID um, community champions fund for three months to, to begin with. That came back in January as we were awarded. That was exciting. So through that, Women Thrive began. Now we can begin to meet twice a week. Even though I was worried, I was scared that, oh my God, how are we going to do this twice a week, three hours a day? But we've done it and we're, we're still doing it and Women Thrive is thriving. And, and Women Thrive is a fabulous, fabulous legacy and example of women in communities coming together, having a passion to change their part of the world and, and really connect to make a difference in their own and each other's lives. So what a fabulous, fabulous outcome for Lyft and the, the research opportunities that that created to now Absolutely. have something ongoing in a, in a community venue. So I think onwards, onwards. For those, oh, those yes, absolutely. And one other thing that comes to mind is the resilience of the ladies, the um, their absolute passion about Women Thrive and the, you know, the group, you know, just um, wanting to carry on together as a group because um, on the 31st of March, just like Lyft, our funding ended for um, the COVID Champions funding ended. So we've, we've not got any funding, but the women have said, no, we'll carry on. We'll do it. We'll bring in, we'll donate, we'll bring fruits, we'll bring whatever it is. We'll do whatever it takes to carry on. So it shows me that it's not just, you know, myself wanting it to carry on. It's not Paul, you know, just wanting to say, okay, this women want this. They, um, let's get the funding. We're still trying very hard to get the funding. But the women themselves have taken ownership of the group and carrying forward and they're pushing forward and saying we're going to do this we this is what we want this is it 
So Fabulous. It's, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful legacy to think that the LIFT project came into the community for a research program and this was born from there and it's growing. It's like I love a baby. It. I love it. I love it. I love it. Onwards, onwards with that group of women. And um, thank you so much, Marianne, for sharing some of that reflection and that that experience of lift and how it's made a difference in in a community setting and for for that group of women. That's um, that's thank fabulous. You. So thank you. So thinking about the latter half of the project becoming community reporters, how has that been for you? The transformation then from community researcher to community reporter. I've enjoyed that doing the blogs and things. After every session, I've I've wrote them up. I've really enjoyed that. I've preferred the podcasting, although <laughs> I can do. I I've never been really one for writing, but it has made me sit and do a full write up some fully and know that I can. If I put my mind to it, I can do it. It's just because I've not always had the confidence around my writing, but I can do it. It's just I prefer to talk. <laughs> it's written written works not for me but podcasting I do like for me I think I, I like both but I prefer the podcasting Leslie what about yourself enjoyed the community reporting I think being able to ask the right questions thing for yeah. me again making somebody else feel at ease being able to do that because a lot of the tech of the influencing event a lot of the ladies were so nervous and we had meetings beforehand to go through the questions and and things like that and getting them to understand that no answer is the wrong answer and they can be themselves so being able Mm. to report on that is great I love the podcasting too and I've quite enjoyed the blogs so coming to the end of a the journey or the start of a new chapter whichever way you like to look at it Tell me about what's been highlights of working in partnership with someone like Oxfam. Yeah, it gave us the opportunity to do the project, which is, like everyone said, is a, a one-off, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do. With their funding, we got lots of learning, we got lots of opportunities to take ladies on a journey that we wouldn't be able to do. So we got the funding to do the outreach, we got the funding to do the workshops, and we are focused on the women's journey. Women are at the forefront of everything that we do with Inspire. A woman's journey is the most important thing, how that woman feels, what she wants, what she needs. And we don't look at 96% of women felt this. And I think Oxfam have given us that opportunity to be able to do things our way. It was a good partnership all in all. What's the future then for the community researchers? Is there a future for community researchers? There's always a need for community researchers because things don't change unless you see, do the research to see what needs to be done, what women want. And going into the different spaces that we're hopefully going to be able to go to and be able to influence people, we've found that having those statistics and having those research questions answered gives you that little bit more clout than just going in saying well this woman feels because unless that woman's there herself you don't get that same impact we will always advocate for women's voices that that's never ever going to change we'll always try and be in that room to where the decision's made obviously Oxfam aren't going to be 
funding the project anymore but I don't think that the project will actually end because while there's women still struggling we'll always be there to try and get their voices across and let them know that they matter and that, that they should be voicing their stories too I think the podcast will help with that majorly <laughs> I think because we've been doing the outreach it's to be hoped that these outreach hubs are going to continue and carry on because that's what the women want on the two that we've done that have carried on so yeah that's a legacy when you talk about the project coming to an end it's kind of a oh what are we going to do it's finished but as Selena said, there's enough passionate women that, that want this to change and want to see change. Yeah. That I think as a team, because we've been able to take some of our stronger together team with us on some mm. of the learning, we're not just a team of four anymore. So we've got others behind us and there's always going to be another woman to step into those shoes as we move forward. So I think the legacy is that it's going to continue and it's going to create more momentum as we go forward. Thank you so much for your involvement. Thank you. And your thoughts and your views and your hard work. That group, they're such a modest gang. Um, some of the things that they haven't shouted out about and probably needed to share with you really to show the, the depth of the project is that 140 women completed the online survey. That's 140 women in Oldham who now have a voice and could have their say around mental health services and the design of mental health services. 136 women got involved in the mental health hubs. 36 women engaged with influencers at the influencing event. Some asked questions, some participated in chat, but that's 36 women online connecting with influencers and decision makers. We have four podcasts live that women of Oldham have made. We have a series of blogs capturing the journey of Lyft. And we had 24 engagement sessions to get women into spaces where they felt confident enough to have a voice and have a say. I think it's a fabulous legacy that this project has created and gives us a real opportunity to work with Stronger Together and to local partners and local organisations on the next steps of women influencing services and having a voice in Oldham. As the ladies explained, COVID was a hiccup in the project, but we got online, we continued being creative and looking at how we could do things differently. The revisioning of the now online project brought to life a piece of community research called What Women Want. This series of mental health theme conversations held its very first online influencing event in February 22. The future conversations are looking promising and decision makers are wanting to listen to the voice of real women from real communities. So thank you to Oxfam for finding Inspire and to the people who pointed you in our direction. It's been a fabulous experience for all the team and for the women from Oldham. They have had the opportunity to shape a community research project in a creative and amazing way. When I reflect and remember that this project is the only one of its kind in the world, wow. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of That Inspire Feeling. You can find out more about what we do on our website, including how to join our community of brilliant women. Just head to inspirewomenoldham.co.uk and you'll find all our social media addresses on there too. So give us a follow. 
A huge thank you to all the ladies who've contributed to this episode. You really are the best. That Inspire Feeling podcast series has been made possible through funding from Oxfam and Awards for All Lottery Funding and with podcast training by Mike Media.